HMI folks, welcome. Come on in. Make sure you guys like, comment, and share. This is the Eskimo Libertarian here. And joining me is the Cajun, <laughs> that way, Cajun Libertarian here. And uh, let's get these uh, headlines done real quick once. Why don't we uh, bring out that Midwest accent? <laughs> so, <laughs> Australia is getting unbelievably worse. Go figure. Don't they have spiders there? <laughs> Louisiana medical system has lost its mind. That's quite the headline there. Mask ordinance in Anchorage uh, that they're proposing. And then there's also proposed screen time limitations inspired by China. And an update on the trawling industry tonight on the Cajun and Eskimo show. From bayous to igloos, stay tuned right now. that intro yeah it's, it's, matt right thank you for the intro thanks that's <laughs> <laughs> matt so how are you doing cajun i am doing better than i was literally an hour ago so you look really tan <laughs> yeah that's so weird scenario People were saying that my um, my cell phone camera was better when I could not go live from the laptop uh, than my webcam, which makes kind of sense because the webcam costs like 60 bucks. And so I decided to uh, actually switch things over. So I am from my laptop camera here, which actually displays a, a better portrait of how dark and brown that I really am. There's that meanwhile, story. Look, <laughs> meanwhile, I look like a snow princess, like blinding everyone. Hi. <laughs> That's what happens when you live in Alaska. I live yeah. in 90 plus degree weather seven months of the year. Oh, it's snowing here. <laughs> Winter is here. <laughs> I am literally in shorts, flip-flops, and a t-shirt. Quite literally. Hey, nice t-shirt. I love it. Oh, yeah, that one? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there we go. It may or may not be a Muddied Waters media t-shirt. Nice. It's possible. I actually just got this sweater today, or this hoodie, because it's cold up here, and I like things that are cuddly. I got this from my brother-in-law. He owns a strongman gym in, uh, uh, there we go, in Germantown, Wisconsin. So if you're near the Milwaukee area and are interested in strongman type of stuff, like he's got a strongman gym and does that sort of stuff. They're called Balls of Stone. Look at Balls it. of Stone. Yeah, and strongman. then like the little figure has a tubby belly. Look at him. He's so cute. He's got a little belly. He's <laughs> a little tubby guy. It's so cute. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, he's actually, he's really good at it. And he actually qualified for um, nationals at his weight class, which is super cool. So. Um, 
And that's for strongman lifting, like weight. Yeah, lifting? yeah. So you have like the Husafell stone and the log press and like throwing sandbags. There's tons of stuff. Or this like last weekend he was pulling a a fire truck. Yeah, nice. like fire truck was in full stop. He had to hang on to this chain and pull a fire truck across the finish line. Tons. Yeah. <laughs> Love your hat, by the way. Thank you. That is from actually another sponsor, Nug of Knowledge. Got this Nug dealer hat. They're actually doing a, a contest right now. And so, like, you put in your email and then you can win a free pound of CBD. Nice. Pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. That's on my page, on the Eskimo page. If you guys are interested, you could click on the link and then you go and you enter in your email and you go into a drawing and you can win a free pound of CBD oil. A free pound of CBD oil sounds like a phenomenal deal. Actually, I know that's a phenomenal deal because I benefit greatly from CBD. Me too. And CBD oil. So other places that are much better Cumberland Cannabis Company. Cumberland Cannabis. <laughs> Cumberland Cannabis Company. I was trying to transition there really well and really smoothly. It did not happen. Um, <laughs> I got, yeah, we're, we are uh, advertising for other companies there for a second. But um, Cumberland Cannabis Company will, in fact, provide you for all, with all, the best CBD, CBG, and all of your cannabis products. So we know that we're all going through very intense times. And if you are looking at your medical shelves, like I do in my Walmart and in my Dollar General, they're empty. Our medical supplies are just about bare. No need to fear because most of your medical needs can actually come from Cumberland Cannabis Company. CBD will decrease your inflammation, inflammation. It will decrease your overall pain and enhance your ability to live life to the fullest. At Cumberland Cannabis Company, it's viable, ethical, and effective. So any needs that you require from a medical standpoint, from CBD or otherwise, you can check them out at Cumberland Cannabis Company. That's Cumberland Cannabis Company. I still mess it up. I got confident. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that hard happened. one to say. That's why you do it. <laughs> Cumberland Cannabis Co. As Spike Cohen likes to say it. Cumberland Cannabis Co. But I like the I like the challenge. Cumberland Cannabis Company. Right out of Tennessee for all of your weed needs. Basically, what it comes down to. But I don't like the word weed because it has a bag stigma. And for very specific reasons. So we like the word cannabis, which is medicinal. And you can get all of that at Cumberland Cannabis Company right now. Go check them out. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, it actually works a whole bunch when I have like inflammation going on or some sort of pain. Like especially after like working out super hard and I'm just like... I need a little bit of relief <laughs> and I don't want to hit the medicine cabinet with like ibuprofen every day. That's right. So that's right. 
<clears throat> uh, Thomas Queter, which we'll get into. If you didn't know, you can leave us an anchor call in moment. Wasn't expecting this plug real quick, but there it is. We really, we keep talking about this. We will get a, uh, uh, an anchor call in line just for this show, but you can call in on the Tom for 52.com wheel in anchor moment where we wheel in your calls like Thomas Queter will wheel into the New York State Senate. That being said, that dude is fantastic and also a massive player in cannabis. And absolutely fantastic. So please go check out Thomas Dan Equator, Tom for 52.com, T O M F O R 52.com. We'll get into that a little bit later. Perfect. What we'll get into right now is the key to Pennsylvania's success. And what is that? Liberty, freedom, your choice, your decisions, less government. No, like Eskimo, how can we do that? Well, luckily, we have someone that we can point to, and that is Joe Soloski for Pennsylvania governor. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. So go check out his website. Help him out, folks. Help him with fundraising. Get in touch with him if you want to help out with his campaign and help him become the very first libertarian governor of a state ever. The silver bearded liberty man. <laughs> Silver beard of liberty. Joe Zalowski for Pennsylvania governor. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. That's right. I have met Joe Zalowski. I've had many conversations with Joe Zalowski outside of meeting Joe Zalowski. And Joe Zalowski is a phenomenal human being in person and on the internet. So <clears throat> I can tell you that with full faith and testimony because, <clears throat> sorry. Excuse me, my other computer here is trying to do things that none of us want. And that is par for the course here at Muddy Waters Media. I have never in my life experienced technical issues. And you know who else hasn't? Joe Soloski, the key to Pennsylvania's success. Because despite any technical difficulties at all, Joe Soloski is the man and he will overcome them just like he will overcome the overbearing tyrannical law coming down from our federal government. So please flesh it out. Go look at Joe Soloski's internet, his website, and contact him, contact us for ways that you can help with Joe Soloski's campaign. Yep. Joe Soloski. <laughs> Joe Soloski. Which is way right. easier to say than Cumberland Cannabis Co. <laughs> J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I dot com. I Maybe you should come up with uh, a jingle for him. <laughs> not a bad idea. Hey, Joe, if you're watching, how much will you pay me to make a jingle for you? I could do it in a night. I mean, after your smashing success with uh, Muddy Waters of Freedom and thinking about, I don't know, little spiky snooze, <laughs> panda suit. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while. I have a, <laughs> I still I have a, that. I have a couple of songs in the uh, 
in the back drawer that I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to release and uh, give to the Muddied Waters crew. They're um, always funny. They're very much less talented, but very funny. So that helps. So we're going to see a Cajun Libertarian mixtape before a Spike mix mixtape. Yeah, I, I would imagine that's probably pretty easy <laughs> because there is no Spike mixtape. I don't know what there y'all is. Are. We'll go with what she said. I, I have that's what good intel said. that there is. I have good she intel that there good is. Intel that there is. I have good intel that this is all fabricated. So that is perfect intel to continue the narrative of Spike's mixtape. <laughs> Go find it. Good luck. Good luck. It'll be fine. <laughs> so you are cold. You're obviously wearing a hoodie and a hat. What is going on in Alaska? It's winter, man. It's supposed no, it's to be not. winter. It's October. We're supposed to like have snow. And then by Halloween, you put your costume over top of your snowsuit. There have been times I've been a princess, but like it's peeking out underneath my big winter coat as I'm going door to door. Like, give me candy. I'm frozen. <laughs> I don't know what a winter suit is. Here's the fun part. I don't ever want to find out. I have a feeling I know what a winter suit is. I don't want to find out. I like being in October in flip-flops, shorts, and a t-shirt. Quite literally. I like it. <laughs> but there may be some uh, there may, may be some times here real soon where Alaska may be real appealing, although we'll see what your segment has to say about that. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's not all of Alaska, but yes, we'll get into that more later and I'll, you can be the judge. <laughs> we do have a live testimony from Eskimo at a public meeting, which should be excellent. I did not vet it. I did not watch it. She watched it. She was there. Oh, it's full so of customers. Watch out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> absolutely. That, that's your image. Everybody likes to call you the, the, the wholesome one, but I'm the one that very rarely ever cusses. Um, however, there I imagine there will be no cussing. I throw a fish and, at uh, the chairwoman. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like we're in Seattle at the market. Like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> totally joking. That's not part of it. We'll watch it later. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of comments already. Um, mixtape or sex tape? No, I'm leaving that alone. Oh. I don't. Oh. Mohican libertarian. Mixtape or sex tape? Just you, you do what you want. We got our first dusting of snow for the season up at Bear Valley. California says Nick I am sorry I apologize that's horrible my winter suit says Mike Gallagher I am still trying to figure out restream I apologize kind of like puffy waiters that's a cute comment I like that I rock Cajuns get up working a ski resort in the winter yes that's what I'm talking about you are the man Nick 
Love my winters, says Pastry Pam's Kitchen. Dank and salty, drifty memes is here. Thank you for showing up and being a part of the Cajun Eskimo show from Bayou's Igloos on Muddy Waters Media. So, without delay, let's get into it. I'm going to kick her off the screen because I'm first. And that's how we're rolling tonight. You never know. It's always a secret. Maybe I'll be first. Maybe she'll be first. Who knows? You don't know. I don't know. Neither does Eskimo. We just do the thing very quickly and figure out what we think is the best for the show. So tonight, I'm up first. Facebook has blocked Australian users from sharing or viewing news content on the platform, causing much alarm over public access to key information. I'm shocked. By the way, if you didn't know about this, this happened in the middle of the night, Thursday night. Australians woke up Friday morning with absolutely zero news content on their Facebook feed. Here's the weird part. The description from, and I've pulled articles like straight from their government sites and straight from Australian news about this. It's so muddy, just like Muddy Waters Media. It's muddy, right? Let's dive into it because you're going to understand, like, none of this makes sense at all, except if you understand that it all makes sense if tyranny and complete censorship and control over information is the goal. Then it makes sense. The explanations, the the party ideologically uh, confines of what they're talking about, no sense. No sense. So, let's dive off into it. Let's dive off into it. Facebook has blocked Australian users from sharing or viewing news content on the platform, causing much alarm over public access to key information. About 17 million Australians visit Facebook every month. So it comes in response to a proposed law which would make tech giants pay for news content on their platforms. I am not against that on its face at all. That that, that That's okay to me on its face, like surface level. That makes a little bit of sense. We can, we can do that. Why aren't any other countries doing that? That's my question. With all of the noise coming out of Australia and all of the tyranny, protests, riots, if you hadn't heard, Australia is in a full-blown tyrannical state with full-blown riots. So if you don't let that part of the equation into it, then sure, it makes sense. But given that that's the biggest thing going on in Australia, this is very fishy. So let's see if we can find out some info on what's going on. Bless you. COVID. <laughs> Good. No. You'll get over it really quick. Pass it on to the family. Everybody's immune. You're good to go. And we just got demonetized. <laughs> Send vitamin so, D. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, you don't have any sun up there. Again, super proud to be in Louisiana. Thank you very much. All right. Um, I'm, I'm in Mississippi from Louisiana. Doesn't I mean, we're, I'm three hours away from where I was born. So, Oh, wow. Stephen Andrew Witt. Yeah. I didn't know that. Stephen Andrew Witt. Very good. I'm going to look into that. Thank you very much. One of their state prime ministers stepped down the other day. I can only imagine why. All right. So several government health and emergency pages were also blocked. Hold on. I'm sorry. I need to go back a little bit. This comes in response to a proposed law which would make tech giants pay back, pay for news content on their platforms. So what Australia did was they developed a law where the big tech giants could, they would have to pay to produce news on the platform in that country. That's very important when we get to the end of the article. Very important. I don't want to give it away. It's incredible. Australians on Thursday, this Thursday, yesterday. I think it was yesterday. If not, it was last Thursday. Either way, super breaking news. Um, Australians on Thursday woke up to find out that Facebook pages of all local and global news sites were unavailable. Every single one of them. Here is a very conspiratorial, weird fact that comes right after that. Several government health and emergency pages were also blocked. Something Facebook later asserted was a mistake. Really? Really? Was that real? Oops. So, what? Oh. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> right? Whoops. Oh. My bad. <laughs> Come on. All right. So, what happened with the government sites? Facebook's Change also denied Australians access to many key government agencies, including police and emergency services, health department, and the Bureau of Meteorology. None of those are really required on Facebook. Like, you can literally download an app for every one of those. So none of it makes sense, right? Okay, so, but... Uh, I get it, right? That That is concerning. You should be able to go, technically, you should be able to go on Facebook and find out whatever you want. But in this scenario, they're making a big deal out of the fact that Facebook denied, accidentally denied access to these government services. Who cares? Who cares? You can, you can download the app. I don't know why. I do think I know why. I'm saying they're making a big deal out of this to distract from what's actually happened because everybody knows that I can go to, I live in Rankin County, Mississippi. I can download an app for Rankin County. I can download an app for Mississippi State. Well, I don't even need any national apps. I can download an app for each one. It makes no sense. All right. Other pages for charities politicians, sports groups, and other non-news organizations were also affected. But it was an accident. Facebook later released a statement which said these pages had been inadvertently impacted. Sure. And would be reinstated. Though it did not give a deadline. So, bless you. 
Um, yeah. Last I checked, still not reinstated. Again, cannot express enough that you don't need Facebook for any of that information. All right. The spokesperson said the company had taken a broad definition of the term news content in the law. Hmm. Those outside of the country are also unable to read or access any Australian news publication on the platform. Really? Now we really start to understand what's actually going on here. If you are like-minded like me, which, yes, you, you I don't care. Label me a conspiracy theorist. That's fine. I don't care. But did th- 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 they tell you that this isn't new? They hide information, and then they disguise that hiding with some lame-ass excuse like it was an accident. And we'll get it back up as soon as we can. Really? Especially with, with what's with going on in Australia. What's worse is what we're going to get into about what the government's saying. Because we know what the government's doing. And they're lying. Again, those outside of the country are also unable to read or access any Australian news publications on the platform. We're going to get into this a little bit because what the Australian government is trying to say is that Facebook needs to pay the same amount for local news as they do global national news. That doesn't make any sense. What does that have to do with us? We should be able to access Australian news. immense market power of these digital social giants is what the Australian government says. Okay. All right. Google and Facebook have fought the law because they say it doesn't reflect how the internet works and unfairly penalizes their platforms. That's something I don't really on, on its face. It sounds ridiculous um, that there's a lot of those, Laws that I just don't know yet. And so I won't comment on that, but still very, very fishy. However, in contrast to Facebook, Google has in recent days signed payment deals with three major Australian media outlets. So Google signed off and decided to pay Australia to deliver news content to Australia. Google agreed to pay Rupert Murdoch news core for content from news sites across its media empire i hope everyone knows who rupert murdoch is if you don't really quick who is rupert murdoch keith rupert murdoch born 11 of march 1931 is an australian american billionaire businessman media tycoon investor through his company news core he's the owner of hundreds of local national international publishing outlets around the world, including in the UK and in Australia and in the United States, including the Wall Street Journal, New York Post, and Fox News. Did you say born in 1931? Born in 1931. Holy. March 11th, 1931. 
I didn't think ninety he was years old. I, I should have uh, put a graphic of him out there. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize he was a dinosaur. He's a dinosaur. He is also a dinosaur with a net worth of twenty-two point four billion, with a B billion dollars as of July twenty-eighth, twenty twenty-one. Murdoch is the 31st richest person in the United States and the 71st richest person in the world. So why is Facebook doing this? Australian authorities had drawn up the lies, uh, sorry, drawn up the lies to level the playing field between the tech giants and struggling publishers over profits. Wow, that sounds familiar. Doesn't it? From the whistleblower whistleblower who didn't blow any whistles at Francis. All? Okay, Francis. Yeah, Francis. exactly. <laughs> the new Karen. Like that. <laughs> the new Karen. That's exactly right. Francis. According to Muddy Waters Media, Spike and Matt. So it, it, <laughs> they're going to level the playing field between the tech giants and struggling publishers. But they won't allow you or me to have any news from Australia. So what the f does that have to do with Facebook? I can't access news to Australia from their small local companies and media producers. But they want to punish Facebook or level the playing field. This is ridiculous. All right. I got to keep going. That could potentially be way more dangerous if we're not hearing from local governments and their, or not governments, local newspapers and the government is squashing that back and that's what they're doing <laughs> that's what they're doing I only have a little bit of this left that's what they're doing they're using it under the guise of we need to level the playing field so that facebook has to pay the uh, you know for for all of the the media content so that the little guys can also put out their content but you can't access the little guy's content because they've banned all news. Yeah. Incredible. And the local, the Australian government is trying to blame Facebook. Under the ban, Australian publishers are also restricted from sharing or posting any links on their Facebook page. Sorry, guys. No, I was just going to say, I've seen videos from Australia showing like moms being arrested in front of their young children because they're not wearing a mask or the police brutality or the rise and like the riots and how they're easily able to overcome, you know, what little force is trying to hold them back. In fact, we've seen the tweets and everything showing that like they're unstoppable. And it's now there's this, that. Yep. Let us levy these laws against big tech in order to make them pay so that they can deliver news content to make it equal for the little guy. But you still can't access the little guy's information. It, this is incredible. This is just suppression on a grand scale, on a grand scale. The fact of the matter is, is that I'm not defending Facebook at all. They're compliant. They're, I'm sorry. They're complicit for sure. 
They want this to happen because Australia doesn't want their news getting out to the world. And they damn sure don't want all of us who are upset about what's going on in Australia to leak into Australia. That's what this is. There's no other way to explain this. And we they even talk about the conservative government of Australia. Like, maybe I'm missing something, but the quote-unquote conservative people in America don't want anything like this. Quote-unquote. So how is the government responding? Australia's conservative government is standing by the law. Why? Which passed the lower house of parliament on Wednesday. It has broad cross-party support and will be debated again in parliament on this coming Thursday. We will legislate this code. We want the digital giants paying traditional news media businesses for generating original journalistic content said Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, who added that the eyes of the world are watching what's happening here. That statement is everything that has to do with these laws. It has nothing to do with conservative, liberal. It has nothing to do with information dissemination. It has nothing to do with making sure that big tech pays the same that the little guy in Australia has to pay because they tell us in the same damn article that you still can't access the little guy's information. So spare me the garbage. This is all about the fact that the entire world is watching Australia and saying, yeah, that's effed up. I don't want no part of that. So they decided in cahoots with Facebook to just shut the information down. There was a quote from Facebook saying, this is not what we wanted to do. But unfortunately, because of the Australian laws, we regret to tell you that we will be pulling our news content from Facebook to Australia. It's incredible. They don't even try to hide it. They just lie straight to everybody's faces and laugh at you and say, Nobody's going to actually read the article. They're just going to blame Facebook. And that's what they did. Blamed Facebook. They're both working together. They're both working together to crush the information that's coming out of Australia. Because here's what the facts are. The masses in Australia are fed up and done. And they are marching the streets and protesting against all of this. All of it. Wish they had guns. Don't give up your guns. That's why. Gun control works. <laughs> yeah. If you're Australia. Because now they don't have any weapons to defend themselves. I remember a year ago when people were pointing to Australia saying that like they had gave up all of their guns and they had a gun buyback program and they're, you know, uh, look at their crime rate. It's decreasing and people are pointing to that. Now we're in a situation where the masses pretty much don't agree with the government. And this is what we're seeing when you're powerless against your government and you don't agree with them. As long as you're complying with the government, it seems peaceful. 
you know, and people get along well enough. But as soon as they get to the point where most of the people are like, hey, you are crossing the line, but you have no way of enforcing that line. This is the result. You have no way to defend yourself. Yep. I mean, that's just. And that again, this is this, this Australia is, you know, a little further along than Cuba. But let's let's think about that. Cuba shut, tried to shut down their entire Internet so that we couldn't see what was happening in Cuba. In the uprising against the Cuban government. This is the same thing. It's just. They have to word it differently. So that people will digest it. Because they understand fully. This is tyranny. And Facebook is completely complicit. But it's for your health. All for the health. And all for the kids. Which is, that's what this is. I can't go into that. I don't have segments on that. That's. <laughs> no, for sure. Don't, Dank and Salty Drift meme says, Kanga Boog Boys. That's what I'm talking about. Um, uh, Nick McKimmy says, because they can't crack down on VPNs? Question mark. Well, probably. I mean, that's the free market capitalism. Hallelujah. Yeah, there's a a business out there that said, hey, <laughs> you know, buy our product and we'll protect you. We'll make your uh, IP address anonymous. So if you're a libertarian or anybody else that wants to speak out against the government and what they're doing, get a VPN, a virtual private network let's go brandon hashtag let's go brandon that's right more <laughs> media there on a side so note it's really hard to build an igloo in a hundred degree weather speaking about australia i know this because i'm an eskimo so <laughs> yeah you might want to steer clear of igloos in australia uh straw huts are probably a better option large so. straw huts <laughs> And guns. <laughs> if we can run guns to Australia, we need to run guns to Australia. Mud Hut says John Higginson. That's a Even long so, ways what? Away. <laughs> That's a yeah, long yeah. ways away. <laughs> yeah. People don't realize how far away Australia is. Yeah, it's all the way across the world. All the way. All the way. You are closer to Russia, apparently. Because you can see Russia from your backyard. And I'll show you is way further than that. Yeah, I know you hate that joke. That's why we say Oh, it's so. (laughs) In other news, (laughs) right here in my home state, which I currently live in Mississippi. I get a lot of flack for that. A lot of people are like, oh, I thought you were Cajun. You live in Mississippi. I am from Louisiana. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, born and raised. Oldest. You, I will gulag you so fast. Uh, <laughs> people come to see my chubby talk. face. Your chubby cheeks of justice. <laughs> you no. can't gulag me. <laughs> Gulagged. All right. Yes, I can do it. 
<laughs> I have the admin status. Eskimo. And our viewership <laughs> dropped. Great. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so no tyranny dropping in my home state of Louisiana as this gets even more insane and ridiculous. From CBS on October 4, 2021, Louisiana Health System charging workers $200 for unvaccinated spouses. That sounds terrible. It gets worse. They, again, the headline the healthcare system in Louisiana, one of the largest healthcare providers, Oshner, which I spent weeks at when I was sick, we'll get into that. Is now charging $200 for unvaccinated. They're fining their medical staff 200 bucks for their unvaccinated spouses. So let's find out what's happening. Oshner Health, the largest nonprofit healthcare system in Louisiana, announced it will charge workers an additional $200 per month to ensure their unvaccinated spouses or partners covered by the hospital group's insurance policies, policies, citing the high cost of caring for an, caring for and treating patients with COVID-19. If you know anything about the medical care system at all, which I spent a lot of time in, almost a year straight, and then several years since 2000, 2018 on, that's a lie. That's a lie. But they do it because they know they can get away with it because most people don't understand how our healthcare system works. So, Oshner Health, the largest nonprofit healthcare system in Louisiana, announced it will charge workers an additional $200 per month to ensure their unvaccinated spouses or partners covered by the hospital group's insurance policies, citing the high cost of caring for and tre treating patients with COVID-19. The company referred to the new surcharge, which will take effect in 2022 as a cost adjustment for adult dependents, spouses and domestic partners, who are not vac vaccinated against COVID-19. Let's see what they say. This is not a mandate as non-employed spouses and domestic partners can choose to select a health plan outside of Oshner. <coughs> Excuse me. I will address that. Give me a second. Oshner Health President and CEO Warner Thomas said in a statement, employees whose adult dependents wish to remain unvaccinated and also dodge the fee can seek health care elsewhere, Oshner noted. So again, they're saying it's not a mandate because you can get health insurance at another primary care or care provider, health insurance provider. Hmm. Not how that works at all. The reality is the cost of treating COVID-19, particularly for patients requiring I see, well, I was going to say ICU, intensive inpatient care is expensive. And we spent more than $9 million in COVID care on those who are covered on our health care plans over the last year, Warner said. That's a lie. No, they don't. They don't spend a single dime. Not one. Not one penny do they spend 
Not one. They're either one, A, covered by health insurance, or B, Medicaid. Fact. Hospitals, I spent a lot of time in them. And I was given this information firsthand from government workers. They don't spend a penny on neither insured or uninsured patients at their hospital. Other employees included, uh, nope, I don't want to get there because that's the end of it. So I need to explain what I experienced myself before I get there. Um, employees whose adult dependent, dependents wish to remain unvaccinated and also dodge the fee can seek health insurance elsewhere. The, the reality is that co the cost of treating COVID-19, particularly for patients requiring intensive inpatient care, is expensive. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because you're not a private company. For those who are covered on our health care plans over the last year. Here's how this was explained to me. Okay, so they're, they're, they're saying that it costs too much money for them to cover uninsured, or I'm sorry, insured patients, insured spouses or dependents. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, they also said adult dependents. So they excluded kids. Wonder why. But yet they're about to mandate. They've already started mandating vaccine for children in California. So none of it makes sense. None of it. You got Oshners here, which is a world-renowned hospital, telling you that they're only going to do this for dependents of, of, of a marriage-type status. Nothing to do with kids. So why is California mandating vaccine for children? It's the, the spectrum is so unorganized and far and wide. That should tell you right there everything you need to know. Here's the other thing. They don't pay for uninsured patients. Don't believe that. I know this 100%. They don't pay one penny. It's the opposite. This is where our healthcare system is corrupt and devolved and absolutely in shambles because they literally get more money for uninsured patients from government subsidies and handouts than they need. And this was given to me straight from them. Here's the fun part. Guess what? If you are literally dying in the hospital, you know who doesn't care about the government? The medical staff. And they will tell you whatever needs to happen to keep you alive. Outside of doctors. Forget the doctors. We're not talking about doctors. I'm talking about nurses and hospital administrative staff. When you're literally dying in the hospital bed and you say, I can't do X, Y, or Z. They're like, oh, you don't have to worry about that. Here's how you skirt that. Because here's why. They don't pay one penny for uninsured patients. Not one. They actually get a set amount of money basically guaranteed to them every year for X amount of uninsured patients. Which 
far exceeds the amount of uninsured patients and their medical costs. I was told by Medicaid to stay in the hospital as long as possible. And it rang true. They said, keep coming back as many times as possible. Because if your debt, medical debt, hits X to your amount of income per year, then we'll cover it. So don't don't worry about being insured. Don't worry about being unemployed or uninsured or anything of that matter. Just keep showing up. Because if you make X and you exceed X by three times the amount your medical bills do within a month, they cover it. That's a fact. And it was. I exceeded one, uh, my first round, my first six months in the hospital. I, round, I wound up going 600, I'm sorry, $300,000 in medical debt. Medicaid wiped it out. Guess who got paid? The hospital. You think they paid a penny for that $300,000? No. No, they didn't. The opposite. They made money because the money that they're guaranteed per year for uninsured hospital patients far exceeds the amount that they have to spend. Now, we see why hospitals like socialism. That's why you have a shortage of medical staff. That's why you have a shortage of beds and supplies. It isn't because it isn't available or affordable. It's because the government and the hospital care system makes more money off of being short-staffed. And don't let them lie to you. The hospitals are not overwhelmed because of COVID. In, 2000, in January 2018, I was admitted to the hospital with a life-threatening disease. I spent six straight weeks in the hospital in a week in ICU where they told my wife and my family we are going to relieve his pain and make him comfortable. They told them without saying it, I was going to die. They had no way of fixing it. I pulled through miraculously. That happened. We didn't pay a single cent. We were told to continue to keep coming back. Because as long as we came back, with or without insurance, the hospital made money. Fact. So what Oshner is doing right now has nothing to do with money. None. Not one cent does it have to do with money. Which leads you to the next question. Why are they doing it then? I don't have that answer. I have my conspiracy theories. Because I have a lot of people in that industry that I talk to. I was a medical professional in the United States military. 
I will not go into that part. I will let you figure it out and see what you can extrapolate from that segment. Why would Oshner's health be denying or charging their spouses that are unvaccinated? You got it. It's not hard. It's more money. It's not that... And beside the fact that we already went through, uh, well, I guess I didn't, I, I, I pulled that part from it to keep it short because there's two of us here. Um, they talk about how well the vaccines work, right? They're mandating the vaccines and they're charging the spouses for being unvaccinated, even though the spouse is vaccinated. If it works that good, what does it matter if the spouse is unvaccinated? What does it matter? It's completely corrupt. And the fact that this is what they're and I'm going to land with this right here, and then we'll, we're going to move on to Eskimo because this is just... If I don't stop talking about it, I will talk about it for hours because it's incredible. This is what's happening. They are completely banking on the fact that the vast majority of the American public has no idea how the medical system works and how in bed with the government that they are. How socialism has completely overrun our healthcare system. So if you're on the right and you say well what we have what we had prior to ACA affordable health care actor Obamacare was great it was profit no it wasn't it was garbage it was trashed in because this is the same system it's still a mix of socialism capitalism with socialism way beyond in the front with in regards to our health care system if you're saying we need universal health care for all. Wrong again. Because all we're doing is pushing the envelope further into more corrupt and horrible medical practices because there's no accountability. They don't effing care. They don't because they're still going to get paid. And we, I could drive this way off into illegal immigration, talking about oh, illegal, illegal immigrants with no health care. Rubber, False. They get paid. They don't just recover their expenses. They get paid for uninsured patients by the federal government. Our healthcare system is a wreck because of government interference. 100%. I witnessed it with my own freaking life on the, on the table of why shit happened. Because they don't care when you're dying. They will literally tell you, I could give a shh how I screw the government right now. Here's what you need to do so that you can get free health care and make sure that you're covered and your life is saved regardless of insurance or not. It is 
1,000% corrupt. That's what's wrong with our healthcare system. 100%. Whoop. Wrong button. <laughs> My bad. Thanks. <laughs> How many times can kid? No, actually, no. I don't want to ask a question. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This might be terrible. I don't know. I'll just go <laughs> hang out with my little penguin. It's a little I, penguin, I'm, guys. You're, yeah, it's great. I, I'm loving the fact that you're able to point to the penguin. Even with it being reversed on StreamYard, I still struggle with it. Like, watch me try to point to the LSU sign. Oh, did it. It's opposite. Oh, it's not opposite, I guess. Opposite on screen. Anyway, it's incredible. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> absurd. Penguins. Alaskan. Oh, yeah, you don't have noises. penguins in Alaska. There's no penguins no. in Alaska. No, but I like penguins. <laughs> Everybody likes penguins. So, really funny story. You... Super quick. When I first met my husband. Um, so, like, we were first dating and everything. And we were getting to know each other. And then at one point, I invited him to my dorm room. And I had stuffed animals all over my dorm bed. And I'm like, oh, my God. I forgot to put those away. Because I'm an adult. And I don't sleep with stuffed animals. <laughs> That was embarrassing. But now me and him are married, and he can't say no to me putting all the stuffed animals I want on the bed. Hmm. So, your Speaking husband. Speaking of stuffed clearly, animals. <laughs> yeah, he, he clearly likes stuffed animals, or he was willing to bypass that fact just for you. Either way, still a good story. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, speaking of stuffed animals. Speaking of stuffed animals, I'm not catching the reference. But we'll go with this one. Oh, Jack Casey, yeah. an awful penguin who's actually a gay pirate. And we love him very much for it. Jack Casey, the author of three absolutely horrible books that look just like this. Just a thought. Catch me on Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. <laughs> Escobar has no idea what's going on. I don't know. I pulled that one out. Yeah, that's not Jack Casey. That's me. Catch me on Mondays and Wednesday nights by myself. It's fine. However, here are the books that I'm supposed to show. RoyalGreen.com. Jack Casey. Yep, there it is. <laughs> Ta-da! can't do it the royalgreen.com from jack casey you can use these books to burn for warmth as everybody on the left wants to or the far left rather wants to exterminate your ability to have electricity so just burn some books i would highly suggest that you start with the royalgreen.com i have one i haven't read it I'm not gonna read it I'm gonna burn it when my electricity goes out for warmth. Are we doing ducks? We're not doing ducks. No, again, it's right? a dog. That's how you do a dog. <laughs> Sounded like a duck. No ducks, apparently. If you don't know, go check out one of our later, our uh, 
previous episodes where I talk about the uh, duck re- sexual reproduction cycle. Fascinating. A lot of people got offended. Don't know why. It's ducks. Way more people get offended at how terrible Jack Casey authors his books. So go check them out because they will absolutely waste your time. Unless you need some warmth or you do like I do and stack them on the bathroom floor so that my two-year-old can reach the toilet while she potentially tries to climb up onto the toilet and pee. Works really well. Jack Casey, RollGreen.com. Yeah. <laughs> Where to go from there? Uh, speaking of potty training, uh, <laughs> Anchorage City Council meeting. So I had mentioned about them last week, actually, and um, pretty much there's like a proposed mask ordinance. And I at first was like, oh, there's this going on. Not really much to report. Well, those meetings have continued, actually. So by law, they have to listen to everyone that shows up, you know, everyone that comes to testify. And if they don't have enough time, they have to extend the meetings. So the meetings have continued for days. And these meetings go until like 11 midnight. So around like nine o'clock ish, they have to have like an official vote or whatever and say that, oh, we'll continue on the meeting until like 10 or 11 or whatever. And then they vote on it. And that's how that goes. Anyways, so since I frequent Anchorage for like, you know, groceries or business, um, seeing family, uh, other stuff, it's kind of like the big town if I want to go shopping. Um, I felt the need to speak up. So I actually went there on, what was it, Tuesday? And I spoke at the city meeting. And um, so I only have a small clip of it. Uh, we're only allowed three minutes to talk, but I here's the clip of me talking about like what we should do instead of masking up. So if you wanna. A year and a half ago, we quarantined ourselves to flatten the curve and give hospitals time to prepare for the influx of new patients. Now it's not entirely the hospital's fault for not adding more beds and preparing for more patients. This is where we need to put pressure on our state Congress to remove certificate of need laws. Certificate of need laws require medical facilities to file applications if they want to, for example, add hospital beds or new services. In fact, there are 19 items that are managed by certificate of need laws in Alaska. Each application costs tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars and can take over half a year to be approved. These laws were implemented in the 70s and many states since then have removed these laws. Removing this micromanagement would allow hospitals to adapt in real time, increase Alaska's medical capacity, reduce medical costs, and all around improve the quality of medical care for Alaskans. I encourage everyone here to email or call the state legislators that represent you to pursue this avenue to help our medical care in Alaska. This action would be significantly more productive than proposed mask mandate. I encourage the council to not take action for the simple sake of taking action. There are issues that are not your responsibility to solve. As a community, we can address the micromanagement that is hindering our medical professionals and work on removing those chains. Let's focus our energy towards real solutions that have proven to work instead of alienating our neighbor and culturing a Petri dish for tyranny. Thank you, ma'am. Mr. Constant. Hi there. 
I just wanted to let you know that I am in complete agreement with you on the question of the certificate of need. It is a real shame in this state. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was terrifying, but I did it. So if anyone ever thinks about going to a city council meeting and like speaking, but they're really nervous, just do it. Seriously, get up there, do it. Even if you do awful, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. And it's really important that we do that and advocate for, you know, a different way to solve things. I mean, we're all human and some of us don't even think of these different solutions. So there's other restrictions that we can be looking at as well. So I talked about certificate of need laws. Uh, there's multiple states that still have them in place. It's something that you would have to look up at your state and something to pursue for your state. Uh, these are state laws. Uh, but that's something that I actually reached out to my legislators um, by email. I'm actually going to be calling them because they haven't responded back to me and like, hey, let's get rid of these certificate of need laws. So pretty much the hospital or if someone wants to start a practice, they have to contact the state and it's an application. Like I said, it costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of time for it to even be approved before you can even get started. And that's like new services, um, adding beds, that sort of stuff. Um, so it's not like for safety reasons either. It's to show economic viability that there needs there's a need for this. Obviously, there's a need if all of our places are at capacity and they can't accept any more patients, you know. And this has been an issue even before the pandemic. So that's why like allowing hospitals to adapt in real time is crucial for, you know, our medical care here and anywhere really. So there's that. Another um, restriction that can be looked at as well is um, medical professionals have to get a new license with each state that they want to practice in. So again, getting a license is time consuming, it's expensive, and it's dif different in each state. Like I know here in Alaska, the governor appoints six individuals that go onto a board and then those people are the ones that determine the licensing procedure, like how it's going to work out and everything. And they so I actually went through like the 56 page document that talks about this. And these people are supposed to make it ex like expedited and not so, so much of a hassle and everything, but it's a hassle. Like it says in the paperwork, like try and make it as easy as possible, but they don't. So um, if we need more doctors then why can't we recognize doctors that are licensed in other states? So a way to reduce these barriers, um, like this is like an option. Uh, they've started the Interstate Medical Licensure Compact. Licensure. I, I can't. <laughs> Licensure. There we go. IMLC. Um, 29, 29 states are part of it, as well as DC. And they allow physicians uh, to more easily practice in the participating states. So pretty much the information is shared among the states and the process is expedited through is how they work it out. Um, yeah, so right now there's 29 states that participate in this. It would be nice if it was just, I don't know, maybe the whole country, you know, recognizing hmm. that like this physician got a license here in like Texas. Well, like they should be able to practice in Alaska if they want to. Why is it different for each state? Something that, um, people don't also realize too, this opens up new possibilities for care even outside of a pandemic. So like telemedicine, it's a great tool for Alaskans. And 
It can help greatly reduce costs from medical expenses and travel. So there aren't hospitals out in rural Alaska. You actually have to take a plane to get to Anchorage to get medical care. And so that's travel and stay and food. And Alaska's a big state. So if you have to fly into Anchorage every time you have to go to the hospital, it can add up. So you could stop that with you. You could stop that with not having certificate of need laws and just letting a medical practitioner uh, that's qualified set up their own little tiny hospital right there in the rural areas. Sorry, a little hospital like this big. (laughs) Hey, if you want to fly into Anchorage, if I can go see a, a a a midwife. Or a, a nurse practitioner that's an hour from my house instead of flying into Anchorage. Yeah. I Not only you, that, you... we could also have telemedicine, which you have a video conference like what we're doing right now. And like, let's say you want to talk to someone that's like an expert, but their practice is in Texas or California or Florida, for example. You know, if you have something that requires that expertise, You technically can't telemedicine with them because you're in Alaska and they're in whatever state they are. So they can't practice medicine in the state that you're currently in. So opening up that avenue, then you don't have to travel outside of the state either, which that is a pain in the ass. I like people don't realize how far away we are from the lower 48. And it's expensive. So just another example to put out there. Pretty much bottom line. It's most effective to testify against an ordinance, mandate, bill, what have you, when you present an alternative solution. And that's why I wanted to put that out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we need all of the options, all of them. It's ridiculous the, the stranglehold that the government has on the healthcare system. This is the issue, this is the number one cause of why. Our healthcare isn't like booming ab- ab- above every other single healthcare system on the planet. It's government intervention and it's 1000% the cause. I know that's like the stereotypical governmental, or I'm sorry, stereotypical libertarian point of view, but this, it's, it's just a fact. I watched, I lived it, I lived it. Yeah, and these are just a couple examples of showing how it's more expensive. It's micromanaged and like reducing the capacity, the quality, what have you. And so like removing this stuff that really shouldn't be there in the first place would help significantly reduce how expensive. And then not only that, like it may be expensive and hard to get a medical license up here in Alaska, and it could deter those that are looking into Alaska. Well, if they're already practicing in Washington or something like that, I mean, I know I have a friend of mine who actually practices in multiple states, and she has someone that helps her out, um, at least as much as her assistant can legally help her with his paperwork, and it's a pain in the ass. And she was telling me about this, and this is how I learned about it. And I did more research, and I'm like, wow, you're right. Wow, I didn't know about this. So, yeah, that that's something I did. Went out and talked. Those meetings are still going on, actually. So they were supposed to continue today. Uh, However, there are two members of the assembly that currently have COVID and therefore the rest of the folks are exposed. So they canceled the meeting and uh, 
last night the meeting got pretty heated actually it's people are very passionate about this on both sides and uh one of the individuals who is for the mask mandate is saying that uh, they're getting a huge influx. This is how they described it. An overwhelming influx of emails saying that they're for the mask mandate. But when I was there in person, maybe 95%, maybe even more people were against this mask. Okay, it's not a mandate, it's an ordinance. I was corrected. It's not a mandate, it's an ordinance. But... It'd be interesting to see if they're willing to uh, have those emails be public records because this is these are public testimonies and with the Freedom of Information Act, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. Um, those do have to be requested for, so I don't know if someone is already planning or if there's like a news outlet that's going to be doing that. Anyways, so that's real what, quick, what's going on in Anchorage. Real quick, before you move on, I want to make a certain point that's very, very prevalent within our political um vernacular right now what eskimo just said they told her it wasn't a mandate it's an ordinance this is crucial because we're watching this happen all across the political spectrum right now if you can control the vocabulary you can control the argument so if you just label it whatever the you want to now you can win the argument Oh, well, well, it's not a mandate. It's an ordinance. Kick rocks. It's all the same. You're just putting it under the guise of a different definition so that you can control the debate and win it from whatever angle that you want. Control the language. Control the argument. Sorry, go ahead. No, for sure. And a lot of people that were testifying, like they had their different reasons for testifying. Some of them like didn't necessarily stay on topic, but the fact of the matter is many people, including those that like our medical professionals were testifying saying that this is not gonna be effective in helping with um, the hospital capacity. So this is what brought it up. The hospital capacities of um, Alaska Regional, AMC, and Providence, those are three big hospitals in Anchorage. Uh, they're saying that they're full. Um, at least that they're overwhelmed and like, I know people who do work in those hospitals and they have always been overwhelmed. Medical staff has always been overwhelmed. And so being able to free those chains and add more staff, add more services, add more beds, you know, without having to pay a whole bunch of money and be approved, like maybe be approved half a year later and let the hospitals change in real time to what the community needs. crazy right <laughs> so i don't know and like let's say one of the states is having less patients you know they have doctors that are twiddling their thumbs meanwhile a neighboring state needs more doctors like hey we have an outbreak we need more doctors wouldn't it make sense that some of these doctors that are here twiddling their thumbs just in the state over could go and practice in the other state if they wanted to to help out their neighboring states that would be fantastic. So I was trying to respond earlier. My my mic was muted. That's okay. um, my wife says, that's awesome, Eskimo Libertarian. I know how hard and terrifying it was to do that. Great job. Um, yes. Correct. If you stripped away the red tape, 
the bureaucratic nonsense, the stranglehold and absolute suffocation that our government has on our medical. I don't know. I don't want to say that too. I just, uh, I don't know that there's more of a handicap on any system that we have in the United States than our health care. When it comes to government, we could talk about mail, you know, transportation, you, maybe transportation. But when it comes to health care, health care, I don't know that anything else takes a paramount above that. I don't think it does. Uh, maybe economics. Right. Because if you can fix the economic structure, then inevitably you'll have a great impact on the Medicaid medical system. But. If we're looking at it from a sole standpoint of this is the subject matter, our healthcare system is in shambles because of government interference. No question. There's no reason at all, like what Eskimo saying right now, that a doctor should not be able to you know, leave Alaska and go treat patients. What the what kind what what world are we living in that you cannot, as a physician, trained across any line whatsoever to be able to go and help somebody with their health. I'll tell you the reason is because the government doesn't get paid that way. Neither does the hospital. Yeah. And it's about control and like, it's, it's a way to get money. Like it's a influx of money. These applications do take money, but anyways, that that's, that's what's going on in Anchorage. Um, Moving right along to the federal level, um, Dan Sullivan. So Dan Sullivan, he is a Republican senator from Alaska. He proposed to follow suit with communist China and implement a screen time restriction here in, in America. So like I said, Dan Sullivan is a Republican senator here in Alaska. He's actually not up for re-election next year. Lisa Murkowski is, which is another lovely individual. Hmm. Anyways, so Sullivan in Congress last week, uh, he said he doesn't usually agree with uh, the Chinese Communist Party, but he thinks they're on to something. And so what he's talking about is like in China, they're implementing these screen time restrictions for children. Um, I can't remember what they are exactly, but like in a week's time, you only have three hours on a screen. and. Uh, Anyways, he wants to implement something like that. So, quote, can you really on your own help people take a break, Sullivan asked, or do we, the U.S. government, have to help people take a break like the Chinese are doing right now? So he's er, hinting at like children are being on their screens too much, which, yeah, I can agree that they are, but this proposal is just for teens, uh, Sullivan says it's for their mental health. I have no idea how they're going to try and enforce this. Uh, it's just a proposal and there hasn't been much that came from it so far. But even still, the government's this, not this, your parent. Right. This ties into the whistleblower thing. Whistleblower. That's That was her main argument during the whole process was like, oh, 16-year-old teenage girls or whatever teen girl, uh, whatever age teenage girl they're they're massively detrimented by Instagram, right? Like uh, uh, they look on all these social media accounts and they see all this high body, 
and, and beautiful people and they get depressed. And, and, okay. Shocker. Right. I mean, this is exactly what, how long do, do you know when you found this from? Because if it's not from the uh, whistleblower thing, I, I have no idea where it's from, but yeah, we don't obviously stay off of Instagram. If you're a freaking teenager, don't, don't give your child a phone. Sorry. It's ridiculous. Honestly, this, I don't like when the government tries to step in and be there be the parents. Uh, there's been multiple times right. in history where the government does do that and it's actually been worse than, Everything. you know, like the consequences are bad and the way that they enforce it can be potentially, you know, very bad. And so it's like, look out for your children. And, you know, if they are on the screen, you know, just parent your children. God, <laughs> like, I, I, I find it weird that we have to say this. <laughs> like, just very parent your own children because it's not weird the point is authoritarianism all it is is power grab it, it has nothing to do with protecting kids from the internet nothing it's all a power grab yeah it's it's odd and even sullivan was like i know it's weird but like maybe the communists are onto something and i'm like oh you cannot oh say that God. like he just said the quiet thing out loud. Yep. <laughs> this is Republican Dan Sullivan here. And so it's like, oh, Sullivan, no. And so that's a thing. It's just proposed. There's nothing official really written up that I know about. Just thought we should put that out there, though, that this is the sort of stuff that they come up with. If there is a problem and you look to the government to solve things, this is what you get. Facts. So. It, it, it blows my mind. that Here, you know, I'll be honest with you. I know I'm not supposed to be talking. I'm sorry. The, no, this, okay. this issue, I was looking through it and it, it just burns me. Right? This is completely a power grab. That's it. They've been doing this for Decades, decades. It's for the children. It's for the children. Man, kick rock. Raise your children the way you want to raise your children. I don't need the government to tell me that my 13, literally my 13-year-old teenage daughter is probably going to be poorly programmed by seeing a bunch of Botox-laced multi-millionaire Instagram models. Yes, that's going to be bad. I don't need you, and I don't need you to step in. This is the fear porn that they habitually and have been for decades. And it, it just like it feels to me like it's, it got super worse after 9 11. They introduced the Patriot Act with the war on terrorism, and now it's coronavirus for the Democrats. It's the same crap. It's just government control over your life and the decisions that you want to make for you and your family and your children. And this is the scary part. People buy it. Yeah, especially when you talk about it's for the children. It's very easy to pull at the heartstrings when you talk about for it's for the children. The thing is, though, it's hypothetical situations like talking about like little girls looking at, you know, Botox and other sort of imagery type of stuff or boys seeing like over things. But the thing is, 
assuming that all children are looking at that sort of stuff and that they need to restrict that, well, that's not all that they're looking at. I mean, there's kids that are playing games and that are looking up stuff like reports, you know, looking up information for the reports for school. There's, I mean, I don't know. I was watching sports. I was watching, you know, college sports and Same. looking at where I wanted to go for college. And I was a nerd, but, <laughs> or I was playing games like Portal. Did anyone else play Portal? I had a Steam account. I was a nerd. But <laughs> anyways, just to, like, to put that hypothetical situation Still, uh, out, like this is what the kids are doing. It's like, well, you can't cite a hypothetical situation as your reference uh, as to why you're doing something. Let's look at some actual data. Actually, scratch that. You shouldn't be parenting children. Hmm. Bottom line. Yep. Moving right along. Nick so, McKimmy says all of this is bad parenting. Absolutely. This is 100% on the parents. All of the nonsense that we deal with our schools and, and in this uh, socialistic indoctrination camps that we call public education, this is all on us. Moving right along. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, so not really much else to that story other than that's what happened. So moving right along, um, I kind of wanted to provide like an update on trawl fishing. Uh, I know I had talked about it like our very first episode actually of Cajun and Eskimo. And so just a recap of what is trawl fishing, uh, pretty much it's this massive net that's being dragged by a ship or two ships. This net is so massive. I mean, it's as big as a football field. It can easily swallow a 737. This thing is massive and it's dragging along the floor of the ocean and picking up everything in its way. So scraping the floor, picking up everything in its way, no matter what, what is in front of it. And so normally they use this method for pollock, which is a type of fish. Uh, it's almost like a cod, pretty much like a white fish. Um, so pollock, like what is it? It's used for a lot of things like the fish sandwiches you see at fast food joints, that's pollock. Or um, imitation crab, that's pollock. Um, so in 1961, trawl fishing was actually not allowed in state waters here in Alaska, which means three miles from shore, but it is allowed in federal waters. So we have this thing called the North Pacific Fishery Management Council or the MPFMC, and they're supposed to be in charge of management to uphold conservation of, um, wildlife, you know, sea wildlife, because that's actually a big thing up here in Alaska. It not only is it like a money-making industry, it's a way of life up here for a lot of folks, especially those along the rivers of like the Yukon, the Kuskokwim, the Kenai. Um, it's a form of subsistence because a lot of places don't have like a grocery store, you know, like the outdoors is their grocery store. So during two, uh, 2020, uh, trawl fishermen exceeded their catch limits in 19 different categories as set by the North Council. So these overages equated to about 29.96 million pounds Ooh. in overages. But then they got like a slap on the wrist. There's not really anyone oh. holding them accountable. That's almost 30 million pounds going over their limits. So it's kind of like a line in the sand, really. Like, hey, you shouldn't catch more than this much. And it's like, well, I caught 30 million more pounds than that. Oh, well, you really shouldn't do that. It does nothing. So 
that's not the worst part though. There's this awful, awful thing called bycatch. So bycatch is anything that they weren't permitted to catch, even though like this stuff could be edible and marketable that they caught, but they weren't permitted to catch it. So they have to toss it overboard. The thing is everything that goes into the net dies. So these are all dead fish like, hey, I got this salmon, even though we're not supposed to be catching salmon. Well, we're supposed to toss it overboard. And so six, mm. this can include salmon, halibut. They've even caught whales and seals and all marine life that is on the ocean floor. So you want to pull up that picture really quick. So after like netting goes through and catches everything, this is what the seafloor looks like. And like the caption says, it looks like a plowed field. Very the much. thing is, yeah, so that is what the seafloor looks like. It caught everything, even like mussels and starfish and whatever else would, you would see on the seafloor. We haven't seen recovery on the ocean floor in our lifetime from areas impacted by this practice. So that is dead for good, at least in our lifetime, which is not good. Wow. So... What is the scale that we're looking at here for bycatch? There was a report recently from October 2nd um, from NOAA, and it stated, because they have to report the bycatch, the captain of the ship reports the bycatch to NOAA at, at least for 90% of the trawl fleet. 10% of it actually has a government official that's counting this. Otherwise, it's the captain. So there was a report in October 2nd stating that there were 83,000 775 pounds mm. of halibut in the last seven days that had been caught oh, as bycatch. I'm going to repeat that again. 83,775 pounds of halibut in the last seven days that had been caught as bycatch. Well, so, a lot. Halibut is a very expensive fish yep the thing is though normally when they catch halibut like this as bycatch normally they're like younger like immature not quite ready to be harvested anyway so these right. are young halibut um that also means that they're smaller and way less but that they also means that there's going to be a short of how shortage of halibut sorry yes that's what i was trying yeah. to yeah Exactly. So over 80, almost 84,000 pounds of the halibut That's in a seven-day period was caught as bycatch and had to be tossed overboard. And wow. this is a common occurrence. The largest number I've seen recently was 104,000, around that. So this is like on a weekly basis, we're seeing tens of thousands of pounds this is just halibut. I'm not even talking about that's other bycatch that has been recorded. There's also salmon that's recorded and crab. Oh my God. If you look at the crab numbers. This is all off the coast of Alaska? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. These numbers are awful. It's, oh my gosh. Even earlier this year, there was a photo, and I had actually posted it earlier in the year. I might post it again. 
And it was a photo leaked that from a deckhand, and it showed at least two orcas that were in a trawl net as bycatch. Two full-grown orcas in the net as and bycatch. Nobody... <sighs> There's no consequences, really. They have to toss it overboard. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if you could harvest it and be like, you know what, that sucks. I hate to do that, but at least we're going to feed families and animals. Nope. They just toss the dead carcasses overboard. It's. Yeah. I mean, if I showed this, when I first saw the photo of like the orcas, I was like, I wanted to puke because it's like, oh my God. Like, mm. this net is so massive that it, these yep. whales easily fit into the net easily because these nets are so huge and that's the only two that we could see that were spilling out of the net there could have been more in there we don't know well yeah and there's obviously more that you're not catching on camera yeah so it's it's really bad it's really bad folks like so Real quick, I'm actually going to put this in the comments section. Uh, there is, there we go. There is a face, Facebook group and it's called Stop Alaskan Trawler Bycatch. And they post all this information weekly. And they talk about like the trawl fleets, the North Council, like what have you, everything else like that. And um, that is where I get a lot of my information. They get that information from NOAA Fisheries. This is stuff that is officially um, recorded you know, and reported. So uh, I'll, if you guys want to learn more about that stuff, um, definitely join that page. Uh, they talk about legislation that they could possibly put through activists, um, meetings. Uh, the thing is, uh, I don't know how many positions on the North Council. I don't know if it's all the positions or a couple of them, but the governor of our state appoints at least a couple of the positions. I couldn't I need to look up more about the North Council, to be honest. But if we could appoint people to the North Council that can help Nick us out asked, here, that'd be good. Yeah. Nick McKimmy asked a really good question. Um, yes. Aren't cameras required in the nets? Not that I know of. He might be yeah. thinking of dredging. That might be a requirement right. for dredging, which is different than trawling. Dredging is... Yeah. A similar practice, but it's a significantly smaller net. This is a big one. So. That's a fantastic question, though. And that may be something that we could, you know. I haven't heard of that to, one, actually. Yeah, try to work into um, if we can get more fisher people aware of putting cameras in the nets. We may be able to help solve some of this. It's a really good question, Nick. Thank you. Yeah, so I don't think that is a thing. I haven't heard of that before, but I could definitely look it up and like provide more of an update later on. But right now, yeah. some of the stuff that you can do to, to help, you know, stop buying from fisheries and companies that participate in this practice. Don't buy Pollock, folks. Seriously, don't buy Pollock. I'm serious. Don't buy imitation crab. Don't buy fish products at fast food joints, that fish sandwich, 
cost a couple of orcas. So it doesn't matter that, okay, you'll see on the packaging though that it says sustainably caught or I'll have a sustainably caught logo. But since trawl fishing doesn't disqualify them from that logo, they can put that on there. It's when the government takes over for like environmentally friendly type stuff, there's so much lobbying and corruption. It's like, you aren't doing anything really. What they do do, like the government, they tell subsistence fishermen that they can't fish anymore because there's no fish in the rivers. That is our grocery store. All right, that's how we feed our children. That's how we feed our elders. That's how we feed ourselves. And we are a drop in the bucket. There's supposed to be, I believe it was 600,000 salmon going through our rivers. Guess how many salmon were caught in bycatch, killed and thrown overboard out in the ocean and didn't make it to our grocery store. Give you a hint, it's a really close number. Yeah, what? Our, like around 600,000 salmon. Oof. So let me, let me ask you this. Um, Elizabeth yeah. makes a good point. Elizabeth Cookyard is how I would say it in Cajun. I don't know how it's pronounced. Actually, they should limit. Don't get this at all. Sorry. They should limit what they haul by pound overall, not what they are allowed to catch, then sell all, all of the edible fish. Mm, I don't know if I would actually go with that plan. See, the thing is, they're catching stuff like seals and whales, and not only that, the area that they're destroying on the ocean isn't recovering and you need that full uh, food pyramid or not food pyramid. Uh, what's the term I'm looking for? You know, the That's food low. cycle. <laughs> you need everything from the bottom food that pyramid. is sustaining life up above it. So People know I that don't. our <laughs> what? No, go here. Okay, <laughs> people know that you can vote with your dollar. Stop buying this stuff. Stop creating that demand for this type of fish, so that they will stop trawling. If there's no money in it, people will go away. So look up how the fish was caught. So a lot of companies will be like, "Oh, we're sustainable, yada yada." And I've looked at a few of them, and it takes a lot of searching. Usually it's the Pollock, so look under that one, but it'll finally say that they use it using trawling. Don't buy that. Don't buy from them. And then also check out that group, that Stop Alaskan Trawler Bycatch group on Facebook. Every day there's info updated about trawling bycatch numbers, legislation, and research about trawling, um, citing experts in the field, biologists and oceanographers, so definitely, definitely check out that group. It's a really large group. There's a lot more people getting uh, noticing about this problem and want stuff 
to be changed. Honestly, something I've been tossing around that we could possibly do is to not accept trawlfish, like at our ports, at our fisheries, to not accept trawlfish. If it was caught by trawling, not hmm. accept it. Yeah, trawling and trolling. Um, it's trawling, T-R-A-W-L-I-N-G. I know there is a trolling that like they use that practice. It's a different type of net and they use it at rivers and stuff like that. That's a different one. Trawling. You learned is... that from me. Well, I look. I think we. I think well. it's the same terminology, but different concept. Yeah, we we troll for fish down here. It's probably the same word, but um, what we do is in, in small rivers, well, like we'll launch. Not launch. I'm sorry, but we'll hang you know four five two six fishing rods off the back of the boat and we will troll very with a trolling motor which is not like a boat motor but a little handheld motor device on the end of the boat where we where we troll very small speeds and we let those fishing lines just hook fish on the way and we'll catch them it's the same concept it's, it's on a much, much, much more minuscule scale, like way, way smaller scale. Yeah, you're not killing orcas. <laughs> no, well, we but, don't have orcas, but no, exactly. we wouldn't kill them if we had them. No. You try and fry them up, you know it. You Cajuns. <laughs> oh, we, yeah. If I caught an orca, it would be cooked for sure. Guaranteed. There would be uh, no question of whether it would be eaten or not. So, at least that's a plus. Yeah, so this is a really big problem. I wanted to readdress it because new numbers are coming out each day about just the tens of thousands of pounds each week of just halibut. And I mean, that's just halibut. Then there's also, you know, tens of thousands of crab. So some of them are reported by pounds and some of them are reported by like individual fish and like the tens of thousands of crabs that have gone missing. I mean, we weren't allowed king fishing in certain areas of Alaska. We weren't allowed salmon fishing in certain areas of Alaska, even though that's the only way to get sustainable protein. It's way too expensive to ship food out there. And our governor, to try and help this out, grabbed fish from fisheries that were supposed to be like sold commercially and redistributed them out to the villages, which is insulting. And... So they'll squash on the little guy when it comes to environmentalism. The government is not there to help with the environment. There's too much money involved. People At need to all. actively know about this stuff and take partake and like educate yourself before you use your dollar. So that was the big thing I wanted to talk about with the trawl fishing. So we should go ahead and wrap things up. Let folks know about our sponsor or our last sponsor. See if there's any more anchor call in moments and. Yeah. Well, we have a, a, a real sponsor. R-E-A. LZ. No? Yeah. Well, my end is frozen, so you might need to take over for a second. Sorry. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you are breaking up for a second. So, Jonathan Reels is not a real candidate, but he will be with our support 
We will reach the goal. We are very close. Jonathan Reels, please donate to his campaign. If he's already there or if he's very close, if you can't donate monetarily, then maybe by some chance you're in the second district of Alabama down there in the south. Close to me. And you can help out on door knocking. You can help out on spreading the word. Whatever your ability is to help, do the thing. The thing that's in front of you. And right now, Jonathan Reels needs you to do the thing that is front of you is in front of you to make him a real candidate. And if he has garnered the bare minimum of totalitarianism that is our duopoly just to get on the ballot then he's still got a long march ahead i mean it's pretty incredible we just it, it's crazy so please whatever you can do y'all know we're libertarians he's running on the ballot for house of representatives as a libertarian it's incredible the discrimination. So reach out to Jonathan Reels, www.jonathan.cash, and find out how you can help today, whether it be monetarily, physically, or spreading the word. All of the help matters because we need all of the help. Now, you are, in fact, unfrozen. But okay. that does not give us any anchor column moments. So That's okay. It is. I do love the anchor column moments on um, Muddy Waters of Freedom. Those are a ton of fun. But they have not been fantastic. For here or my show, so I'm not going to be upset about not having them. But I will tell you what I will absolutely 1,000% be upset with, and that is if we do not get this man into New York State Senate. I stalled long enough. There it is. Tom for 52.com. That's T O M F O R 52.com. Tom for 52.com. There's no quit in Queter. Thomas Daniel Queter for Senate. T O M F O R 52.com. So please, again, do what you can for Thomas Daniel Queter. Even if it isn't politically, help him out. Donate some feet. His don't work. He would have graciously, uh, he would. Greatly appreciate it if you gave him some working feet. Although that's not possible, but what is possible is to volunteer slash donate and spread the word for Tom for 52.com. That's T O M F O R 52.com. Next week, don't forget to call in on anchor.fm so that we can wheel in your calls. Like Thomas Daniel Queter will, will, will wheel into the New York State Senate. 52nd District, if they don't redistrict him out, which is crazy. I hate the redistricting, redistricting, uh, you got it, process. Um, It's incredible. He's literally 
at stake for not being in the 52nd district of New York right now. If they redistrict him, they could literally redistrict him out and he will have to move. His entire house is built 30 years for him, for him. But because of what the politicians in New York want to do, may possibly do, could make him move and start over. Let's not let that happen. Speak out, Tom, for 52.com. If you're in New York, this should be your primary concern right now because you've already lost to the governorship. It's over with the honeymoon from Cuomo's disgusting behavior is over. You've got the disgusting, terrible mandates coming down from the new one. So how do we prevent it? We get Thomas Anduquiter into the New York State Senate. Do that. Tomfor52.com. Do the thing. Thank you. Perfect. Also, don't forget to, I don't know if you guys can hear me that well, but my internet awful, yeah, but don't forget yeah, to listen to Mr. Bearded Truth on Monday, Muddy Waters Freedom on Tuesday with Matt and Spike, and then also you have uh, just Spike on My Fellow Americans on Wednesday and Matt Wright for the Writer's Block on Thursday. And uh, How sweet you're back. Yeah. Then we're right back here with us. You're still good. Oh, you're froze again. No worries. We need to get Eskimo better internet up there in Alaska. We look, uh, when we first started, you had some pretty bad. I don't know if you can hear me or not right now. We had some pretty bad internet connection with you, but um, it is leveled out and been fantastic the entire run. Uh, we've had a little bit of issues over the last few minutes tonight. I'm not sure if Eskimo can hear us or if y'all can hear Eskimo. I think so. Every once yeah, in a while. We should so, probably wrap this up because I don't have yeah. any more internet. So yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, you'll pop back in for a second. So um, let's wrap it up and uh, we'll, we'll figure out. So go to Eskimo's page, donate, to Eskimo, buy a shirt. I have two of them. She still hasn't bought a single shirt from me. So I'm going to keep calling her out about that. Anyway, we love y'all very much. This is the Cajun and Eskimo show. Advocating for a freer world. From bayous to the igloos. igloos. <laughs> I guess I was supposed to say from bayous and you're supposed to say to igloos. Sorry. Yeah, that's uh, advocating for a free world from Bayou's. To Igloos. Love y'all very much. Can't wait to be with you again. Good night. <laughs>